Quick note, this podcast was recorded before John Calipari sent out the tweet debunking the UCLA rumors. He said in his tweet, before I go to bed, let me just say this. I'm coaching at the University of Kentucky. In my opinion, there is no better job in the world to coach basketball. My plan and my desire is to retire at Kentucky. I think the university feels the same as I do, and we've talked openly about it. Now let's focus on this game tomorrow. All right, now here's this edition of Locked on Kentucky. Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. We are currently recording as we are... Riding back to our hotel. And after, an Uber. Yeah, we are. And um, we're going to knock out this first segment. Obviously, Kyle, just start. P.J. Washington, the update is that he wasn't there, but it was because he was at a specialist, and John Calipari seemed to anticipate that he was going to play. Yeah, I think generally good news, certainly some uh, panicked moments, I think, when reports started to show up that the team had arrived and P.J. Washington had not. We didn't. He was not in the open locker room where we were able to go in and interview all the players. He was the only player not there. Uh, he was not on the floor with them when they came out after that and uh, went through the little light open practice for uh, everybody. Uh, and while we were in the locker room, and I was wasting a lot of interview time asking mm-hmm. people hypotheticals about uh, what do they do if they don't have pj not knowing that cal was at the podium at the same time addressing it um he was up there saying basically um that the mri was negative the x-rays were negative um that he has a foot sprain i believe is what he uh designated it as um and said that um he wanted to play and they expect him to play in the game the first round game thursday night uh, but they were the reason he wasn't there is he was seeing a specialist. They wanted to take extra precaution, obviously, for many reasons, not the least of which is that P.J. Washington's body is worth a few million dollars, and he's yes. made a bunch of money this year as a pro prospect. You don't want to give any of that back by playing when you're injured. So uh, send him to a specialist, and we don't know what the results of that were, but it was the 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 sentiment was that it was out of an abundance of caution. And, again, the I thought the most important words that Cal said were at the end of all that, we expect him to play. The mood around the players and from what I saw of John Calipari wasn't one of <laughs> distraught. No, and it hasn't been. I mean, this supposedly happened in the SEC tournament, and Calipari has been uh, swaggy Cal. I mean, like from from Sunday on, he's been very happy and cracking jokes and doing all the crazy things that make people think Cal's feeling good about things. Yeah. So if, if there's something that they're hiding from us, he's doing an incredible job of hiding it. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, as it was pointed out, and I think we talked about it yesterday, the fact that he came to the selection show without a boot, without anything. Uh, if he was limping, no one noticed it. I didn't. I mean, obviously, it was just a short walk because they didn't <laughs> go that far. They were just in Calipari's living room. So, I, yeah, I, I just can't see this being 
that serious, and I think that he'll play. I don't know. Do you think that he'll play in the first game, or will it be a precaution where they'll like, okay, we'll just we'll let you take this one off? Well, I guess there's a couple things, right? Like we don't know the results of the, the specialist, so maybe the specialist takes a look at him despite negative MRIs and negative X-rays, and and says, "I see something here where you could be you could risk something." Um, but barring that, um, you know, if he gets a green light, I certainly you could play him. If this thing happened in the tournament, I mean, he was playing to the very end of the game against Tennessee. Yep. So I don't know that it doesn't seem like something that was so so serious. It didn't cost him any time uh, in the game that he supposedly injured himself. So um, my my only other thought is if it's kind of iffy and he's hurting a little bit, whether it's even if it's if he's not injured but it hurts, I, I, if you can't beat Abilene Christian, who was in Division Two, like a few years ago and this is their first ever NCAA tournament appearance and you've got to look at them at practice their open practice it's not like an overwhelming no. uh, team that has some real upset potential in my opinion I think you can beat Abilene Christian without PJ and if, you, if, if Cal is confident of that I see no reason not to maybe let him rest an extra day because you're going to have a tough one I think no matter the winner I think they're going to have a tough one in the second game yeah, and I mean, Wofford could beat them with a bunch of threes, and Seton Hall's already beaten them with a bunch of threes. And I guess the the thing that they would have going for them in the in the first round matchup is they basically did this already, right? <laughs> except it was with Reed Travis, and so Nick and EJ Montgomery would be getting PJ's minutes instead of Reed Travis's minutes, and so mm, I don't think so. Who you would be get Keldon Johnson? Yeah, there. I think it would be. Uh, Nick Richards said to me that they had been working on. Keldon Johnson at the four this week, and that they really liked it, and they, they've experimented with it all season. So, but yeah, I mean, point being, even that was something that happened with Readout. Yeah, it was they they did some lineups where they had uh, Keldon at the four, and you know, I guess maybe I didn't, maybe it's not wasted if they use this some or if they rest PJ for a game. But one of the things I talked a lot to a lot of guys today about was what just what a mismatch it can be. With Kellen Johnson at the four, if you if you get a traditional big man and you pull him out away from the basket, he's he can't keep up with Kellen Johnson. And Kellen, we know he likes to drive and attack. So if you play Kelden at the four and he plays like a stretch four and he's out away and we know he can make threes, um, you know that's I mean in many ways that's some of the reason uh, PJ Washington has had success as a versatile player. You know stepping out and hitting threes because it's tough for a, a, a normal team's normal power forward to chase around in an athletic guy like PJ, who's almost like a wing at times. Um, and he can drive on people. Well, Keldon can do those same things. He's a little bit smaller, but not a lot. PJ's yeah. not a huge power forward. So if there's any doubt at all, I rest him. I play Keldon at the four. I win by 30 and I move on, <laughs> you know, and then you, you hope that it, with a whole nother, basically two more days, because you have not only the, the game day, but then the in-between day, by then you feel better about P.J. and you have him fresh, and if you need to play him a bunch of minutes to beat Seton Hall, which you might, uh, you do that. Yeah, and I guess well, when they were out in open practice, and I mean, I, we might talk about the open practice just a touch, just to kind of give you an idea what was going on there, but um, Keldon Johnson was working with Kenny Payne in the big for the bigs for the first part, and it was just a couple post drills. They never do anything that's worth a ton in right. these open practices. 
Um, but so he was down there. And then the other thing that I noticed is uh, Johnny David was down there working at the post as well. So maybe he'll be he'll be taking yeah. some of uh, yeah. some of PJ's Johnny, minutes there. Johnny David would really be a mismatch <laughs> <laughs> in the wrong direction. But I think he'd be a mismatch. Yeah. So uh, to your point, that I did did make me think of that that the fact that Keldon was was with the with the forwards uh, for the first part of that open practice probably means that he'll be playing that some. Uh, I mean, he's been super successful as as you just laid out. Um, so coming up next, we'll talk about whatever else we talked about in that open practice and saw in the open practice and what we talked to the players about. And I might give you just a little snippet of what um, Abilene Christian had to say about their matchup against Kentucky. The Roses is coming to Lexington in May, and let me tell you, I'm excited about it. It's one of my favorite pizzas. It's a Cincinnati thing, kind of like Skyline Chili, which we tell you about, and La Roses is actually going to be right next to Skyline on Richmond Road there. Uh, they've got awesome pizzas, and in addition to that, they have some great pasta recipes. Uh, they have salads. They have all kinds of things. Their breadsticks are fantastic, as you would imagine. And the great thing about La Roses is, one, they have awesome delivery. Two, they got an awesome carryout menu and three they got a great dining room and actually all those things have the exact same items available so however you're ready to eat some delicious little roses they can make it happen dine in delivery or carry out check out laroses.com um, and check get some more ideas on what they got on their menu and you can check out the closest one to you if you live up in northern kentucky area you are locked on kentucky part of the locked on podcast network Keldon Johnson for a little boy uh, reaching up way above him to grab mm-hmm. a, a basketball on the way out and sign for the little boy, and he had, they had like a cool moment, the, the dad and the son. That was neat. Um, these guys, I'm sure they realize it now, but it's uh, but they don't when they start out, like how much they can like completely change a little kid's day yeah. <laughs> by signing something or tossing something to him or whatever. So that was neat. The other interesting thing was uh, – Blast from the past. Stacy Poole was in the building. He apparently coaches a local. I didn't understand if it was a high school team or a like junior college team around, but he was back in there. Uh, Calipari, little family reunion, gave a little hug. Um, so that was that was the other little note there from the open practice. I don't think anything else of significance happens. Joel Justice but, uh, hit the half court shot with the, a bank shot. And um, I told you I was going to tell you what the guys had to say in the locker room. That was one of the the fun things because today John Calipari was ranked 41st out of all the coaches in the NCAA tournament about his basketball playing yeah, as players. Yeah, yeah. and uh, apparently he took it a little personal. He got the video crew together and had him shoot some video of him making some jumpers. So I asked some people about that. Uh, Jamal Baker said that. Um, he was a little rusty out there and he implied that there might have been some some heavy editing in the video clip that uh that was put out on Calipari's social media and UK social media. It looks like it's just all makes in a row, but uh, I think I it was see. well it was like 3 though. I mean it wasn't like That's a true. crazy crazy number. But and, he hit uh, every hook shot he put up both sides. That's all. all. right, that's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. some magic some magic editing there. And then Emmanuel quickly, I asked him who the best shooter on the the coaching staff is, and he gave it to Tony Barbie. Yeah, which I can totally see that. I could buy that. I mean, Tony was probably, well, no, uh, I was going to say probably the best player on the nah. staff, but that would have been Kenny Payne, yeah, Kenny who would have been spent the best. some time in the NBA and played 
professionally overseas. Tony was, I think, a good player no, for Cal good. at UMass. Yeah. Um, Joel Justice. I know he listens to the podcast. I think he probably ranks third among well, the players. But, you know, the... he depended on his athleticism. That's true. Where you and, know, and that that goes away over time. Yeah, he was yeah. a freakish athlete. Yeah. You can't I keep mean, that forever. Yeah, no matter how many ankle tattoos you get. So uh, tights, you know, Lululemon <laughs> male tights that you wear. Um, People got a good look at those today for Joel. The shorts was, and the tights. What is up with the fashion? Like, why are sweatpants that are tight at the ankle and don't cover your whole ankle all of a sudden high all water, the rage high water yes uh, sweats those That's are called everyone, joggers well, okay but why i like them actually well here's what ha- here's but I've, yours, I've actually like, had some discussions your, about this how, how how much of your ankle is exposed like i can understand depends i have one pair that like it's they, they don't come up very they don't go down very far which makes me feel a little weird because you have the Looks naked like you're ankle. wearing capris but uh the rain the reason is basically to make them acceptable to wear in public because like when people think sweatpants, it's like baggy, and you look like a you know you look like a bum. You look like you you know you're not presentable by making them more tailored and like the they they come streamlined down at your ankles and tighter fitting. I think people feel like they're more acceptable to wear in public, okay? Because they're not the big baggy sweatpants. All right, that's the theory. You know, personally. I think we've lost a little bit of... I wear them, uh, by the way. I, I was going to say, But yeah, I'm I, saying, I do because if people do. It's acceptable. But we've obviously lost a little bit of decorum in society. I mean, yoga pants and sweatpants are like all anybody under 30 wears in public anymore. I think there were more women in yoga pants on my flights today than there were women in other... I don't think, I don't think women, unless they're on their way to something that they're already supposed to be dressed up for, travel in anything <laughs> but yoga pants. I've never seen... I don't think I've ever seen it. Not, a, not any normal, you know, younger... I would say, under, I would say women under 30, 95% yoga pant uh, airplane travelers. And I think most men under 30, it's either jeans or the jogger sweatpants. Okay. Well, that's... unless you're going directly to like a business. Well, I was going directly to the. Yeah. All right, and that wraps up your fashion tidbit for today. Uh, quick note: in the in the next segment, we are we are going to discuss uh, the thing that's kind of going national now, the Calipari and UCLA rumor. But I did want to tell you guys just you know just kind of get some insight into the Abilene Christian locker room. As you would expect, they said a lot of the cliches were we gotta. We got to play like it's a regular game, you know. All the pressures on Kentucky, this, that, and the other. But the the Evelyn Christian coach is super entertaining. He was saying he hopes PJ Washington plays in a boot because that's the only way they could stop him. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, I and I didn't know if it was in the conference championship game or after, but he ripped his pants celebrating. And according to him, there is only one suit shop in the town, and there was not enough turnaround time to fix his suit. And so he is going to be coaching in a suit with a hole in the butt. Yeah, he said, I'm going to have a hole in my butt. <laughs> yep, <that's, laughs> Which I hope so, coach. <laughs> that's what he said. Seek some medical attention if you don't. But yep. I guess he's going to have two holes in his butt. So that's that's what's going on with Abilene Christian. Um, I, you know, they, I don't know. They, they, they were all very aware of what they were up against, and they didn't make it make too many bones of you know any kind of proclamations or anything there wasn't any bulletin board material uh from them so uh, you know kentucky isn't going to be out to destroy them a la cincinnati or no it was west virgina the, yes, the 38-1 the, team yes when, west, uh, west virginia uh 
said that there were going to be 36 or 30. Daxter Miles. Daxter Miles. Going to be 36 and 1 tomorrow or something like that. Yep. That did not work out for him. So, All right. Coming up next, those UCLA rumors. Did you know you can fill out a tournament bracket at DraftKings this year? That's right. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, has a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tourney. Might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes. You know how brackets work. Before tip-off of the first game of the tournament, just pick the winner of every game, every round. That's all there is to it. And the best part is you can play for free with code SWISH. You can even set up a private group for you and your friends and compete for bragging rights. Download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code SWISH to enter the Bracket Battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. That's code SWISH to enter the Bracket Battle for free only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So this kind of started, I saw it on The Athletic first, Kyle. Shout out to your paper. Oh, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, Website, Seth, Website. Seth Davis. Yeah, mentioned that John Calipari would be pursued by UCLA in their coaching vacancies. I brushed it off, and Seth kind of brushed it off initially in his little coaching carousel report. Uh, but it's now picking up steam, and it's being mentioned on national shows by Evan Daniels. Um, there are multiple reports on the UCLA side that they're going to pursue John Calipari, offer him a $10 million contract. What do you make of that? Well, I mean, you know, Evan mentioned it on uh, on um, The Herd, I think, show yeah. on Fox Sports uh, today, and he's very plugged in in the college basketball world, and... Um, Essentially, I mean, he said, I guess he the way he put it is kind of how I feel about it. Like, yeah, they're going to pursue him. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're UCLA and you're trying to prove to people that you want to bring basketball back to glory and you need to say to your boosters and everybody else that we, we swung for the fences, then you put it out there. You, you go for John Calipari and you put it out there that you went for John Calipari and you can't say we didn't, you know, shoot for the moon. Um, shoot for the moon and you might end up in the stars. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, it won't surprise me if they're if they're interested and if they go after him. It wouldn't surprise me to learn that Calipari's people are entertaining the conversation. Uh, one, because I mean, look, that's one of the handful of like historic yeah. jobs. Uh, it's the only place that's won more national titles than Kentucky with eleven to eight. And Cal used to talk about chasing that, trying to chase that record for Kentucky. Um, but it, the, the reality is, it's not the job that it once was. It's not nearly as good of a job as Kentucky is right now. I mean, they what is their arena seat half? <laughs> I mean, something like that. Uh, as many fans are not excited about the program. They haven't been in a while. Um, the resources are different. They, I mean, they weren't paying their coach anything. They haven't. Yeah. They have. They haven't paid. They haven't paid coaches like Cal Perry's. I mean, he's making over nine million dollars at Kentucky a year. So uh, I think he might've made more in a year than Alfred made in his last two or three, four years um, yeah. as the UCLA head coach. So they're going to have to really come off some money. 
the you know Evan Daniels and and Doug Gottlieb as they discussed it today were saying you know the buzz is that it's going to be have to be and will be north of ten million dollars. I think that's what you got to start with if you're trying to get a guy making over nine now. It costs a lot more to live in California, so ten yes. million dollars is not the same as nine million in Lexington, Kentucky. I promise you that. The program's down. The uh, Calipari doesn't have recruiting ties to the West Coast. He recruits nationally, but he almost never gets guys in the West Coast. He doesn't spend a lot of time on the West Coast. Um, it's an Adidas school versus a Nike school. Ooh, interesting. Uh, you know, he's wait. Pr- he's they, been pretty. Did they, did they not sign the Under Armour? Or whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's not I thought a they, Nike. It's I thought they just. Nike. Yeah, they might have just changed. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, it's not Nike. The point yeah, that's is, true. You, like changing that affiliation is significant. Yeah, because yes. his ties run deep to Nike, and like all the best players are on the Nike circuit by and large. Not all, but a lot. I mean, tell me, tell me how many non-Nike schools are national championship contenders right now? I, I mean, know. Kansas has been. That's really the one. You know, that's yeah. the one. Louisville won one as an Adidas school. Right, which now doesn't count anymore. But I count it. You know, if, you go, if, you're Cal, if you're getting Calipari and if you're Calipari and you're going to UCLA, it's to get these players, like to get immediate success like he had at Kentucky. And will that be more challenging at a place that's not a Nike school? Is it, would it be more challenging at a place where, you know, Evan Daniels was saying on the, as he was talking about this, you know, don't, they don't charter. They don't, you know, Steve Alford didn't have a private jet to recruit. They don't have private jets that the team flies on. Like Cal Perry hasn't flown a commercial airline since he's been in Lexington. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point by Evan. Um, so while I'm not dismissing the idea that UCLA wants him and will make an offer to him and will pursue him and that he will even listen, quote unquote, I would be very surprised. And it's notable that Evan said the same thing. He doesn't think he'll take it. Um, I would be very surprised if John Calipari is the next head coach at UCLA. There may be conversations. There may be an offer. Ultimately, he gets another raise and he stays at Kentucky. I, I don't like at this stage in his career. Like, why try to start something new when you've built and well, you have something kind of raw? Although I guess he rebuilds every year at Kentucky, so going to a new place for a person like him is a little different than for other people. Yeah, but I just you know I don't know. It I doesn't mean, really add up to me. I guess like the thing I would say is you know how he's joked about. The fact that he always thought he would retire when he was 60 and now he's past that threshold and, you know, he's passing his threshold and he's made comments about Mike Krzyzewski and how he's over 70 now and is still going strong and, you know, maybe he could see himself doing that. Uh, you know, does he need to, if he wants to continue to coaching to, till 70, does he have to get away from Kentucky so he doesn't completely lose his mind? I mean, he's been very upfront about the dog years joke, which he makes every time. But, I mean, there is there is truth in that, and part of that is his own fault because he cr- recruits the one-and-dones. And right. That would probably continue at uh, potentially another school at UCLA, so that wouldn't change. But uh, you, it's weird. That job is weird. You're in like a media capital, but you're not the show. Obviously, the show is LeBron and Lakers. Well, it's all the all the professional sports. Yeah, and you're, so you have the Dodgers and the Lakers, and now the Rams are a deal. And like you have, you're competing with there. USC, even in your you know yeah. another school in your own city. I mean, it's like being a, not. It's not like being at Boston College, but like Boston College sports 
struggle to to get eyeballs and attention and fan mm-hmm. interest because there are so many professional options and you know it's not only professional sports but it's everything about los angeles like movie stars and all the glamour of that like to be significant in a place like that is way different it's yeah. not the reason kentucky has this fan base is in in large part to the fact that what else is there for people to like give all of their entertainment attention to within the state of Kentucky and within, you know, and, and in Lexington, it it's the show. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it's a totally different deal and you don't have this army. You're not going to have this army of like people who like ride or die for you. And just like these people who will attack anyone who attacks you. I mean, he's yeah. got a different, it, it adds pressure, but he's got a different kind of fan base here that is like, Everywhere he goes, they're going to go. Yeah. If you're coaching UCLA and you go across the country to play in the NCAA tournament, you're not going to have 20,000 people there. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you're right. That's that's all like a consideration. At the end of the day, if he wants to be a like Hollywood dude, if that lifestyle appeals to him, he's, he's a Hollywood guy in some ways, like the way he carries himself. But he's never been in a Hollywood, really. You know, right, he's been in Massachusetts and Memphis and New Jersey and yeah, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, like he has not been to. He's not a big. He's he has kind of the feel of a big city guy, but he often talks about you know living on the suburbs of Pittsburgh, which is also not a you know a, a metropolitan area. So you know that there you go. Uh, it would be something new for him, and maybe that maybe that would be part of the lore. But yeah, I'm sure at some point during this tournament run, and I know some Kentucky fans are cringing at the idea of him being asked about it and saying, well, this is a distraction and it's unnecessary. And they will hearken back to when he was going to take the Lakers job, famously. The night of the national championship. Um, game. But if you have to have coaching rumors, better to come out in the first between the first and second round than before the <laughs> the final four. So we'll, we'll see where that goes, and we'll keep you updated on that. I will make a ploy again for you guys to enter the bracket challenge we have it it's on all the social media at locked on uk or search locked on kentucky on facebook tons of awesome prizes now in there for grassroots pharmacy um, a year supri- supply of smoothies uh, estimated 300 dollars value delicious smoothies kyle have you ever had one of their smoothies i have they're awesome my there wife gets a green the green smoothie i don't know it's supposedly healthy it has a bunch of green <laughs> stuff in it they, they they mix it up. They all show you how to make them, or you can make them yourself, I think, and bring them bring it to them, and they blend it up for you. But uh, they're very good. Yeah. So get involved with that. Second prize is a T-shirt, awesome T-shirt, and then a third prize is a ten dollars gift card to the Grassroots Pharmacy. So thanks again for them sponsoring the bracket coverage. And we got actual games tomorrow. As you're as you're listening to this, the games are really are either right around the corner or maybe even started. So it's NCAA tournament time for real, for real. Uh, thanks again to the Roses for sponsoring this edition of the podcast. Be sure to be following along with Kyle's and I coverage of the actual game on Thursday evening. I'm on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can find Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Go read his extensive piece on how this Kentucky basketball season came together on The Athletic. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Check, 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 check.